for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, the 85th NFL Draft was supposed to happen on the iconic Las Vegas Strip last weekend. But due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, the Raiders were forced to postpone their hosting of the draft until 2022. Not postponed was the Silver and Black's attempts to add weapons to their offense and depth to their defense. So let's get into how they did with longtime Raiders beat writer Vic Tafer. It's Wednesday, April 29th. All right, Vic, you wrote going into the uh, draft last week that the Raiders needed to pick up starters at wide receiver and at corner. And they needed to add a few more options at running back, defensive tackle, linebacker. So with that being said, let's start big picture. How did Mayock and Gruden do in achieving those goals? I think pretty good. I think they definitely addressed the receiver position. They got Mr. Henry Ruggs in the first round, the fastest guy in the draft from Alabama. Definitely going to open up the offense a little bit. And they added um, Brian Edwards, more of a, um, a bigger kind of possession type guy, kind of the guy who goes across the middle on slants, kind of bigger, uh, 6'3". I had some foot injuries uh, this year, but uh, I think he'll be fine at some point. So they probably got two future starters in their minds. So I think that was uh, a big thing for them. Okay, and I know that they also nabbed Kentucky's Lynn Bowden Jr., who nobody really knows how to qualify him. Is he a wideout? He played some quarterback, a running back. So how will all three of those weapons, including Ruggs and Edwards, who you mentioned, how will the three of them fit together and also fit into Gruden's offensive scheme? I think Bowden is interesting because I think he was a guy everyone thought was going to be a receiver. He played a little running back for Kentucky and then became a Wildcat quarterback the last eight games of the year. did a great job, ran for like over 1,000 yards against SEC defenses, so you know he's a big-time athlete, makes people miss. Play action. Wilson lets it go. Bowden gets deep. Got it! Touchdown, Kentucky! 54 yards to silence the crowd at the swamp. Looking for space, and he finds it. Good block upfield, springing Bowden. The cutback inside the 10, another broken tackle, and Lynn Bowden hits Pater. The Raiders say he's going to be a running back at first. He'll be the backup of Josh Jacobs. I think eventually, uh, maybe sooner than later, they'll get some place for him at slot receiver, maybe as a backup. And who knows, maybe it'll be some like Taysom Hill type place for him at quarterback. But I think right now he's a running back. I think they need a backup running back, so I think that's a good move there. Also, he's a big-time punt returner. And now from the end zone, the punt with Lynn Bowden near the midfield line. Backs up a little bit. He's got some room to return this one. And very dangerous in the open field. What a move. Bowden trying to get to that corner. He does to the 10. Touchdown. That's a guy who can kind of do a little bit of everything, so I think he'll definitely be a big part of the offense uh, before long. Okay, what about Ruggs and Edwards? How do you see them fitting in with what the Raiders already have and with Bowden as well? I think Ruggs will uh, ideally will start right away. He'll be the kind of a deep threat, uh, kind of take over for Antonio Brown, the kind of guy he was supposed to be last year, kind of the main cog in the offense. I think Tyrell Williams will start across from the veteran guy who was hurt last year, also kind of a deep threat guy, whereas Edwards I think will be used kind of, like I said, more in inside routes, kind of more possession type receiver, third down kind of guy. Third and five, blitz coming, deep ball again. It is caught! Touchdown, South Carolina. Brian Edwards hauls it in. Skarnecki up. Middle of the field is open to the goal line. Touchdown! Brian Edwards again for 17 yards. I think he'll be brought along slowly. Uh, He had the knee injury last year that he broke his foot while he was training for the combine. So I think he... Probably coming along slower than, than Ruggs will be, but uh, ideally at some point, he'll be definitely a, a, also a factor on, on the offense. 
And one more question about the receivers before we move on. Ruggs teammate, Jerry Judy, who was a lot of folks' number one wideout available, was available when the Raiders took Ruggs. As you mentioned, fastest guy in the draft. No doubt Al is smiling down right now because of that choice. But uh, what did you think? Because I know you and obviously a ton of other people were high on Judy. Yeah, I watched a ton uh, of receiver film. I talked to a lot of people around the league. I watched more receiver film than I have in my entire life because there's, there's such a huge draft for that spot. I thought Judy was the best guy in terms of um, his overall ability, route running, kind of the explosive ability underneath, kind of get away from defenders at the last minute and make tough catches. We did two seven-round mock drafts, and in both of them I took rugs because my reasoning was that John Gruden had said it before. He wants his own Tyreek Hill type player. He wants to be like the Chiefs. Rugs speed is strength, his playing style, his versatility is something that we feel like we have to have back in this organization. We were known for speed in years past, and we're going to be known for speed going forward, and Henry Ruggs is going to be a big part of that. And definitely Ruggs is the best player in this draft for that goal. When you're in the division we're in, and you look at Kansas City, and you look at what they have on offense and what their explosion looks like, we needed to get faster. So I think even if Judy was the top guy on their board, I could see a situation where John's like, you know what, I'm getting Tyreek Hill, I'm getting, I'm getting rugs. I think there was some debate in the war room. I think John got his way, which I think everyone knew was going to happen. So I think, um, <laughs> I think definitely he wants to be like the Chiefs. He wants to compete with the Chiefs and kind of be more of a wide open offense. And definitely having the fastest guy in the draft will help him get there. He thinks. Okay, so they feel the need at wideout, and they also needed a starter on defense, as I mentioned, at the corner spot. And in one of the more surprising selections of the first round, they kept and used the 19th pick on Ohio State's Damon Arnett, who a lot of analysts graded as a second-round pick at best. Now, Vic, you know better than pretty much everyone about the reaching the Raiders have done over the past number of years to find great DBs. So is Arnett like a Steph Curry-length reach, Minute Bowl-length reach? Where are you coming down on that a few days after the fact? I'll say somewhere in the middle. I think people uh, get sensitive about the word reach. Like Raider fans are already like, you know, get mad because they want to love this player. And if they think you're implying he's a reach, means you're saying he's not good. Uh, he can be a fine player and definitely a good prospect. But in terms of the value, he's not really... 19th best player on the board. So I think what happened was they clearly had needed a cornerback. You know, three guys went before uh, Arnett did. I think their next pick wasn't until 80. So they realized if they, they're going to get a cornerback now, it wasn't going to really happen for them in terms of having a guy who could be a ideally an impact contributor. He was, I guess, you know, they're higher on him than more t- most teams were, but very physical cornerback. Definitely didn't uh, have. Um, Top-level speed, but played for, for a while at Ohio State, which is a big-time program. So I think ideally, I mean, you look at it, maybe they, they trade back him later, but that, obviously that wasn't there for him. They, they had to make a move. So if he's a good player, no one will recall he was a reach, but he was a reach. He wasn't he was supposed to be going, I think, in the first two rounds. So um, we'll see what happens. They got another corner, uh, Meek Robertson from La Tech in the fourth round, who on the flip side, as opposed to being talked about as a reach, he's kind of being talked about like a bit of a steal. So does that mean that evens things out when it comes to drafting for the corner spot? Yeah, I think it's even Steven. I think uh, I think you got some <laughs> got some value. I think uh, Robertson's five foot eight. If he was five foot ten, he'd be drafted in the first two rounds. Definitely, he's definitely a tenacious player, very physical for his size, good ball skills. Had fourteen interceptions in his career um, at La Tech. So I think um, everything's there with him on on the film, except for he's he's five eight. So I think long term it'll probably be a nickel cornerback playing side, but he definitely can play outside right now. So I think it's a nice it's a nice move where you have two shots at. Now you have two cornerbacks 
that you're high on. Hopefully one of them can break through and be the a starter for you. Kind of like last year what happened with, with Cleveland Furl and Max Crosby. I mean, Furl didn't have the year people thought he should have at the fourth pick overall. But Crosby, you know, drafted late, had 10 sacks, so it kind of balanced out. So I think mm-hmm. that ideally it happens again, and one of these guys breaks through, and then that happens, and, you're, you're, and everything went fine. What about the other Raider picks? They get a linebacker and a guard, both from Clemson, signed a handful of undrafted free agents. Who or what excites you about any of those guys? Well, the two guys, the linebacker and the guard, are both from Clemson, which I think is funny. That's now that's five players that uh, they've taken from Clemson in the last two years. So obviously they, they love the, the whole uh, Dabble Sweeney uh, <laughs> thing he has going there. But, uh, you know, I think Simpson obviously was, is, a, I think, number two or three guard in the board. I think everyone was high on his ability. To me, it indicates they're probably going to either trade or cut Gabe Jackson, who's due to make $9.6 million, but it's not guaranteed. I think they've signed some other guards this offseason. And to me, drafting a guard you're high on you know, in the fourth round indicates you're going to make a move at, at some point. And then uh, as far as the other guy, Tanner Muse, who's a safety at Clemson, but he can't play safety at, at this level. He's not quite the athlete enough for that. So he's going to play a linebacker. He has to beef up a little bit and learn a new spot, which to me – if you're drafting a guy who's a projected linebacker, then the third round is probably a little too high. But again, I think they love Clemson guys. I think Max said he watched when you watch film of the guys last year. He's watching films of you know Furl and, and Trayvon Mullen last year. Obviously, if Terry Muse makes a play, it's going to stick in the back of your mind like, oh, that guy's pretty good. You know, so I think this kind of it, it kind of feeds on itself where you kind of get the impression of these guys being maybe a little better than they are. I know Mike mentioned there was a play where. Where Tanner chased a guy down 30 yards for a tackle. I told Tanner when we had a Zoom call with him last week, you know, I start all the calls with these kids, and I said, you know, I watched you stick your foot in the ground against Texas A&M early in the season and chase down a screen from 30 yards behind. And I said, at that point, I knew at least you played like a Raider. Which, I mean, <laughs> that's not great. But, uh, again, I mean, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just think that was a – a bigger reach than uh, than our net pick was, I think, in the third round. I mean, Mike had said going into this thing two weeks ago that he feels like he had three third-round picks. That's kind of like stealing. Hey, I'm going to get three starters, he said, which didn't happen. He got a backup running back, and he got um, a guy who might be able to compete for a starting linebacker job in a, in a year or two. So I think that part of it probably didn't uh, go as well as most would have liked. Hmm. Well, before we let you go, you brought it up. Five guys from Clemson the last couple of years, and this year, six of the seven Raider picks from big schools, including Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, etc. What did Mayock say about that, and what are your thoughts on that fact? Well, I think it makes sense this year because, you know, with the pandemic, the offseason is going to be either canceled or kind of be just all, you know, on, on laptops. No one's going to be able to get out on the practice field. So it's going to be hard for young guys to make an impact and kind of get a chance to earn a spot this year. So they had no picks in rounds five through seven, and there really was no urgency to get back in the draft at that point because those guys, if you're getting drafted that late, it's going to be hard to make a roster if you're, if you're not getting much of you know, much time in, in off-season workouts or in training camps. So I think it makes sense that, that if you are going to pick guys, you get them in the first four rounds, you get them from major programs who've all got that system in place. It's like almost like kind of like a minor league you know, professional outlets. I mean, 
Clemson's kind of like a you know pretty much a professional organization the way yeah. they, they, the facilities and the coaching and all the money they spend on things. So I think you want guys who are accustomed to that kind of environment, had the top level coaching and facilities to develop and the, the skill set and the training. So I think it makes sense that this year especially to get guys from big schools you think can can withstand this awkward off season better than other guys can. Vic, as always, great talking Raider football with you. Thanks for the time today. All right, take care. The Raiders' virtual off-season workouts got underway on Monday for the Vets, while the new additions going to begin their virtual rookie minicamp next week. The details remain sparse, but Vic did mention to me after our interview they're going to feature Zoom conferences with position coaches. There'll be some film study sessions, orientations with player development directors, trainers are obviously going to pass along weight workouts, and then it's going to be up to the rookies to do the work and prove that they deserve a shot with the silver and black. To keep tabs on all things Raiders, courtesy of the great Vic Tafer, just click the link we've got in the description notes of today's podcast. Coming up in the next week here on The Update, we'll catch up with longtime head of the Warriors basketball camp, San Francisco native Jeff Adiego, to hear about the challenges and successes he's experienced since taking the team's camps online back in March. And on our next show... David Lombardi returns to talk all things Niner Draft and also discuss the retirement of the great Joe Staley. And if you aren't a subscriber yet, really encourage you to check out the written arm of The Athletic. That's where Vic and David and all of our great writers are doing their things. And we've currently got, get this, a free 90-day trial subscription offer going. So you get to read the guys and gals for three months absolutely free. I've been a subscriber since well before I started working here because, if you don't know yet, it is the best sports journalism around. So if you've been thinking about it but just not wanting to drop the dough, now's the time. All you have to do is visit theathletic.com slash theupdate. That's theathletic.com slash theupdate. Sign up and you get to read for three months free. And uh, check out the incredible sports journalism that we've got to offer before you shell out any dough. As always, if you're enjoying the pod, we'd love for you to give us a rating, review, subscribe. All of those things really do help keep us going, so we appreciate all of you who've done that already. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to Vic for stopping by. Thanks to you for continuing to tune in. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe few days. We're looking forward to talking more football with you all on Friday.